one last time here, Second Peter chapter number 1. Lord willing, we're going to finish up what we've been taking a look at. We've been looking at the keys to spiritual growth as believers. And we have began taking a look last time that we were together, which seems like forever, right? Uh, um, boy, this COVID stuff really messed us up bad. And uh, we're glad to be back, glad for the Lord's grace through it all. But nevertheless, we missed being here. I uh, hope you missed, I missed, uh, we missed, and uh, I know Brother Jim missed. My Brother Jim was ready for us to start back, and uh, I, was re- I was ready to ride along with him, though, amen? And uh, we're glad that we're able to be here by God's grace today. But I do want to uh, finish this up. I didn't want to put a bunch of uh, services between um, uh, the, la- the next to the last message and the last message. And uh, I just felt like we needed to go ahead and finish this up. And uh, so uh, we see in Second Peter chapter number 1, um, they're uh, talking about the benefits and advantages to us giving all diligence to add to our faith that we spend a lot of time with verses 5 through 7 looking at those seven what I call seven story Christian built on a foundation of faith and it's uh, seven things that we need to add to our faith and we we took time to to look at those in detail and um, we are looking at the enormous benefits and advantages to us actually doing that. And understand it has nothing to do with just performing some kind of religious duty. That's not what this is about. It's not just about, well, we need to do this as a religious duty. It has nothing to do with us earning our standing before God with acts of righteousness because that does not come from our own human righteousness. Amen? Uh, if you don't have Christ's righteousness, you don't have any righteousness. We have His righteousness. And uh, it's a supplied righteousness, praise God. Uh, our righteousness is supplied, uh, comes from God Himself through uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ there on the cross on our behalf. And by it comes by our by grace through our faith in Him. Peter calls it the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, why do we need to add to our faith? <coughs> and uh, I just <clears throat> say I'm sorry for having to cough uh, every now and then through here, but we'll, we'll, we'll make it through by God's grace. Amen. What are the, what are the reasons uh, that we need to add to our faith? Or rather, what are the benefits or advantages of diligently adding these qualities to our faith. Now, we're going to read our text. We've already dealt with uh, a couple of verses of the text, but uh, just just to remind us here, verse number 8, we're not going to read the things that we're to add there, verses 5, 6, and 7. I think we're, for me, we've been, we've been over that enough that uh, uh, you should have a good understanding of what those things are. But we see in verse number 8, it says, For if these things be in you, and abound. <clears throat> See, the Lord doesn't just want those things in our life, but He wants them abounding in our life, but it's for our benefit that uh, He wants it to abound. And what it says, 
For if these things be in you and abound, they, sh- they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we said that the benefit or advantage of fruit is the, the first benefit or advantage that's mentioned. And these qualities said will keep our lives from being barren. If you remember last time we looked at that word barren, and it, speaking of us being inactive, that um, implies that we um, we're not applying ourselves. We're um, we are being lazy or useless. We said adding the qualities uh, in verses five through seven to our faith keep us from being what I would term good for nothing believers. You know, I, I don't want to be good for nothing. I want to be good for something for the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> these qualities uh, will keep our lives from being not only bearing but but also keep our lives from being unfruitful now remember <clears throat> the, the word unfruitful means barren of fruit and we said if we're barren of work if you're not doing anything for the Lord you're going to be barren of fruit and so our faith needs to be real and growing Living faith is measured by usefulness and fruitfulness. Then in verse number 9, we saw the benefit or advantage of function. Verse number 9, But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Um, If faith that is not growing is blind and short-sighted. These things that he's speaking of there are those same things, the seven things that back in verses 5 through 7. And if our faith is not growing, well, we get where we look at just our life as we live here on the earth. We're not focused on, hey, this, this is just temporary for those of us that know the Lord. This world's not our home. <clears throat> we're, we're, we're passing through here. And living for the moment with our goals geared to this earthly life is not the way God intends for us to live as believers. We're, we're to have a heavenly focus. We're not to be blind and short-sighted. We're to, we're to see afar off and we're to look down the road and we're to, we're to come to understand, that, hey, we're going to stand before God one day and it may be sooner than we think. And uh, we need to live our life in light of that. So faith that's not growing is blind and short-sighted. We said also faith that is not growing is forgetful. Notice verse 9 again. He that lacked these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. <clears throat> now, what's forgotten? You know, Peter warns against forgetfulness of the fact that we've been purged from our old sins. We could say that the, the aim of salvation is forgotten. Amen. What was Christ's aim whenever he saved us? Well, he tells us in Scripture. Paul shared it with Titus in, in Titus 2 in verse number 11 where he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, the, the Lord saved us for his purposes. And those are his purposes. 
And we're to be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, um, so we, we, the aim of salvation is forgotten. Uh, not only can this person not see forward to the end of this age and the coming of Jesus Christ and the coming of the judgment seat of Christ, but he's forgotten the whole point of his conversion. Our conversion was more than just take us home to be in heaven. Otherwise, we'd be already there. Now, we, we're, we're, to, <clears throat> we're to, to have God's aim and God's purpose in our lives. We see the assurance of salvation is also forgotten. Listen, if we, when we don't grow in our spiritual walk, it gives Satan an advantage over us, and he'll keep dragging up the old sins that we were purged from. And he'll cause us to doubt our salvation. And we know that uh, our peace will end because we have got the indwelling Holy Spirit that brings about conviction. If you're not living like you're supposed to, he's going to let you know if, you, if he's living inside. And if you're saved, he's living inside. And so uh, we, uh, it, our peace ends and our ch then chastisement begins because we are the children of God. Our Lord is going to treat us as children. Now this morning we pick up in verse number 10. Verse number 10, and let's, let's go ahead and read our passage and we'll come back and deal with this, okay? Verse number 10, there, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And of course, they're here for our remembrance. They're penned in Scripture. Amen. And uh, what, what a blessing that is. But we see, first of all, uh, to this morning, the, the third benefit, the benefit or advantage of firmness. Firmness there, verse number 10, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your uh, calling and election sure. Um, if we give all diligence in adding these virtues to our faith, we'll grow in assurance and stability. Assurance is a good thing, isn't it? Aren't you glad you got assurance of eternal life? You know, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, questioning whether or not you, that you're saved. Uh, well, you know, if somebody that's, um, somebody that's not living for the Lord, Satan helps them forget that, that they are, they are assured of salvation based on the Word of God. The subject that, that Peter is dealing with in this verse is a matter of certainty. Uh, he's talking about the benefit of growing in assurance. He's talking about how we as believers can be sure and certain how we can have deep assurance about our faith, and that, that's a wonderful thing in, the, in a child of God. These folks that uh, believe you can't know that you're saved, you know, I have a, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be like that. 
I'm glad that we have God's word on it. And notice that he relates the certainty, not just to knowing truth, but to practicing truth. He says there, uh, <clears throat> in, uh, he says, for if you do these things, okay, um, there on the latter part of verse number 10, for if you do these things, you shall never fail. He, we, we know that salvation is only by grace through faith, plus nothing minus nothing. By having and maintaining assurance, uh, it, it's, it's never really about our thinking um, or mentally remembering the truth. It's really uh, about uh, being linked to our obedience. In the New Testament, assurance is always linked to actions. We become sure as we do, as we obey, and as we apply the truth that we already know. <coughs> Turn a page over to your right. Um, at least it is in my scripture anyway. 1 John chapter number 2. And I want us to look at some verses and note their consistent teaching on this matter. 1 John chapter number 2 in verse number 3. And notice what uh, the Apostle John writes here. He says, And hereby we do know that we know Him. Yes, that's, assur that's assurance. Hereby we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Okay? So assurance and obedience go hand in hand. If you're not being obedient, you're not going to really have the assurance is what he's saying. Look at uh, verse 5 and 6 here. Verse 5 and 6 said, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, uh, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. We're to, we're to walk like Jesus. We're to, we're to strive to be like Jesus in our walk, aren't we? Look at chapter number 3 and verse number 14. <clears throat> he writes here, he says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We, we, how do we know? We know because of that love that we have. Look at verse 18 through 21. He says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence Toward God. So if you're not doing what you ought to do, guess what? You're not going to have the confidence. You're not going to have the full assurance like you, uh, like the Lord would would have you to have in your life. <coughs> <coughs> now we could share more passages this morning, but the point should stand out to us: God loves us too much to allow us to feel saved when we're not living like we're saved. Um, if we will give all diligence to, uh, to add to our faith the, the seven qualities that we saw in verses 5 through 7. Then we'll grow in grace and holiness and thereby coming to know the joy of having confidence before God. So there's, there's the benefit of growing in assurance 
And then we see there also in verse number 10 of our text, we see the benefit of growing in stability. The latter part there, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now what is he talking about? You shall never fall. Understand he's not speaking of falling from grace because that's impossible. We, we can't fall from the grace of salvation that we enjoy. He's talking about falling into sin and out of fellowship with God is what he's mentioning there. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And that's, that's the way the Lord wants us to live our lives, to be steadfast and unmovable and abound in the things that he wants us to abound in. So there's the benefit of fruit, the benefit of function, the benefit of firmness, and then verse number 11, notice the benefit or advantage of finishing well. You know, uh, I'm getting down to the, uh, closer to the end of the, my journey on earth than I am to the beginning of the journey. Uh, and uh, as I approach uh, that, that end, toward end of the journey, um, I want to... I want to make sure that I finish well. Amen? And I hope that you want to finish well. Um, verse number 11 says, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, if we give all diligence to add these qualities to our faith, we're, we're going to find God's grace to be adequate when our life on this earth gets toward the end, when it begins fading away. Let, let me sum it up this way. In verse 9, Peter talked about believers who were short-sighted as they lived on this earth. And perhaps there's no greater example of that than right here in verse number 11. Uh, there, there's coming a time of entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, the fact that Peter's not talking just about the initial point of being born again is backed up by the fact that the entrance he's describing is still in the future. He's talking about the future. Shall be administered unto you abundantly. Here's the utter folly of living our lives short-sighted. When we live our lives short-sighted, we're not thinking about the one thing um, coming at us, it's coming at us all, that's uh, unavoidable, and it's final, and it's going to be disruptive of your life here on this earth. We're going to be taken out of here one way or another, either leaving by death or by rapture. I prefer the latter to the former, but be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, so I know I have no need to fear of death. Because I am the Lord's. Amen? But one of these days, we're going to have to leave all the earthly treasures that we've accumulated behind, leave our loved ones behind, and we're going to face God one-on-one. -on -one. Amen? And it will be too late to change anything then. Somebody put it this way, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now, for the believer who's diligent about adding these things in verses 5 through 7 to his life, Peter says, <coughs> he says, An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Now, death for Peter, and it ought to be the same way for us. Death's not um, some taking off on some uncharted voyage. We, we know the expectation because we know the Lord. Uh, it would, it's not drifting out into the great unknown. Now, uh, now we don't know what it's going to be like, that step over into glory land. I like the way that the, the Bible explains it, to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. I think of it as, as being that simple. Amen? That simple. And I can handle that. To, to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. If we think about it on those terms, what's, that's the scriptural terms, then uh, it doesn't have to be a big question mark. It doesn't have to be um, an uncharted voyage that we really don't really know what's coming because the Bible has told us what's coming. Peter was sure of where he was going. The point of entry was ready for him. He even talked here about his soon homegoing <clears throat> because he'd given all diligence to add to his faith. He had already been embracing the promises about heaven and eternity. Verse 14, look at verse 14 again. He says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So uh, he had the benefit that the Lord had told him, you know, you're, you're, you're fixing to be out of here, Peter. And uh, he directed him to, to help these that, uh, and us, amen, by writing this uh, epistle to help us <clears throat> to give diligence to add to our faith these things that will also minister to us a great entrance into uh, the heaven and eternity, amen. He, uh, Peter had been planning for heaven, no doubt he had been meditating on heaven. He had been purifying his life and the hope uh, of what was coming. And he had already been setting his affections on things above. And we both can and should do the same thing. Amen. Uh, we ought to set our affections above, not on things on the earth. For, uh, you know, Christ is our life. Amen. Uh, let me share with you some words from... Uh, theologian Martin Lloyd-Jones that, that sums this up. Uh, and I, I quote him. He says, abundant entrance. He's talking about well, what he's talking about here with the abundant entrance. He says, what does it mean? It means something like this. The Christian who has responded to Peter's appeal and who has been giving all diligence to living a full Christian life <laughs> does not die full of regrets at his failures and shortcomings, but is rather one who can say with Paul, as he viewed his end, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown. That is the way the true Christian dies. He has been given this diligence. He has been given living the life. So he does not feel guilty he does not feel that he has been wasting his time. He does not say, if, if only I could go back, I would do better. There are no bitter regrets. He is sure of the abundant entrance. How can we be sure of that? Because of what Christ has done for us. Amen. 
So Peter <clears throat> here talks about his shortly putting off the tabernacle. Somewhat the same way that uh, the Apostle Paul spoke of it himself when he was uh, uh, in the last chapter of his life. And, and uh, when, when he wrote uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, uh, he very clearly said that he was ready to be offered. And he, said he knew the time of his departure was at hand. In 2 Timothy 4 verse number 6. Then he says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. That's, that's the way um, that we'd all like to be, I think. Amen. We, we'd like to know that we were that uh, close to the Lord. And we can be. Peter urges us to give all diligence. Growing in virtues and graces of the Christian life. And there are two ways of viewing this plea. Some, some folks are going to say, they'll look at it and all the things we've talked about and say, you know, that's, a, that's kind of heavy. That's, uh, it, it seems to cost too much. It seems to take all the time that we have. Life's already busy. How, how much does God expect from me anyway? Well, listen, Jesus gave his all for us. How much less can we give back to him? Uh, we, if He gave His all for us, though we might have a grand entrance into heaven, we ought to give our lives for Him. And so others of us will look at those precious and magnificent promises that we've been talked about. We'll see the prize. We'll see the blessed hope that lies before us. We'll sense the reason that we were put on this earth and the reason Jesus came and died on our behalf. And we'll know that compared to all that this world could ever offer, diligence and faith and adding these virtues offers the greatest reward in this life as well as in the life to come. Amen. I wonder this morning, do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you have assurance in your heart? Assurance comes from obedience. <clears throat> have you obeyed the gospel? If you've obeyed the gospel... And there is, uh, there can be assurance in your life because if we have, if we uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Scripture said tells us we'll be saved. Amen. And what a blessing that is. And I trust that as, we, as we've gone through these uh, seven things in the, the Scripture here, that uh, you've been making an effort to add these things to your faith. And uh, we pray that God will will help you um, It's a continual growth in, in the things that we've taken a look at. And trust that He will, will guide you in those steps. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for the, the words that You gave to the Apostle Peter. Lord, uh, words of, of comfort, words of assurance, words of confidence. Lord, uh, words that help us to be all that we can be for you by adding to our faith these, these seven grand things, these seven uh, uh, things that are built on the foundation of our faith. Help us to, uh, each one of us, to, uh, as we grow and as we seek to add these things, Lord, that uh, we will depend upon you and, Lord, that we will diligently uh, be busy about uh, uh, looking forward to 
the time when we make that grand entrance into heaven. And uh, we make that by how we live our life here. Lord, uh, I don't know the heart of anybody here today, but if there's one here that doesn't know Christ, help them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And those of us that know Christ, may our refrain be, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. And Lord, may we be willing to, to do uh, what You've called us to do. You've, you've called us into salvation. You've called us to add these things. You've called us to uh, Your glory. And one of these days we're going to be, uh, we'll, the, when, our, when our time on this earth is complete and we join You in heaven, the, we will be fully in Your likeness. And until then, Lord, help us to, to manifest more and more of Your life through our lives that we might be more Christ-like. Help us with these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.